Alright guys, welcome to a very special episode of the Ignorance Equation. This is my Wednesday night musical osmosis show. Um, this is Nick Katsoris, your gracious host, the saucy one. I am broadcasting to you live out of here from the land of meth and honey, Caraville, Tennessee. I also want to introduce my beautiful and talented producer, the even to my Stephen Daniel Prizer. How you doing, sweetheart? Hey, babe. You ready to talk some even, Stephen, tonight? Absolutely. All righty. We are going to have a reunion of sorts, I hope. We will get all four members of Even Steven live on the air for the first time in over 10 years. If not, we'll still play some music, talk about some old times. We've already got Paco holding. He'll have to hold just a moment longer while I play a Even Steven song. Which one to choose? I've got the whole album here. Uh, let's do Office Politics. That's one that was always pretty popular. So, from our 2000 album release, Early Morning Punk Songs, this is Office Politics coming to you live, even Steven, here on The Ignorance Equation. Office politics and oldie buddy goodie. Uh, we got Paco on the line. And I believe we've got Bobby on the line. We're just missing Brad. The phone number here, if you guys want to call in or any fans want to call in, 646-478-3554. And let me go ahead, and I am going to cue in Paco and Bobby. They are loading up now. What's up, man? Okay. All right. What's up? Anybody on the line? I'm here, Bobby, man. Barry, my man. What are you doing? What's going on, brother? Long time. I Man, listen, that stuff is that's some, that's some nostalgic stuff right there. I know, right? It just yeah, took 13 years off that. my life. Yeah. I barely remember recording that, actually. <laughs> <laughs> I remember well, the last time you guys popped in an even Steven song. <laughs> All right, let's let's uh, let's go ahead, go ahead, Nick. When was the last time? And let me say what's up, man. It's good to hear from both of you. 
When was the last time Absolutely. you guys popped in even Steven? Oh man, I, it's probably been it's probably been a couple of years since I've since I've listened to that. I still still on my iPod somewhere. It randomly plays every now and then. Yeah, it's definitely right. it's definitely it's definitely a random thing. You know how long ago, that was? Uh, what year was it? Thirteen years ago. Two thousand. Two thousand. We recorded <laughs> that. Wow. Actually, two thousand were released. It were recorded in ninety nine. Ninety nine. Yeah, College Park. College Park Phase Studio. Yeah. That yeah. studio is long gone, man. I, I was up at Atomic probably about a month ago, and uh, they, well, they've moved. They've moved up Route One to Beltsville, but uh, that they, they don't have a studio anymore. That was a pretty decent studio, man. A good producer. Yeah, he was awesome. What was his name? I think it was Mike. I have no clue. Oh, uh, I don't remember his name. I just remember recording it all analog. Yeah, and recording yeah. it. We, I think he broke his record for most songs recorded in one session. <laughs> that was due to our drummer. We had a we had a good drummer. <laughs> Definitely. Right. I just played as fast as I could and was done with it. We yeah, recorded man. thirteen songs in like six hours, drunk during a blizzard. <laughs> I don't right, even think Iron Maiden can say that. <laughs> yeah, I don't even think Iron Maiden can make that claim. We're missing Brad. I'm hoping he'll call in. Brad, Brad, so uh, Brad's packing. Yeah, packing. Brad used to pack himself up on the phone and call in so we can have the full I think reunion. he had like four days' notice to move, and now he's moving. Oh, Ooh. wow. Yeah. All right, well, let's talk even, Stephen. This is more for the fans, so if I ask you some ridiculous questions that you think I should know the answer to, just go with go it. Um, Paco, your even Stephen experience. Hit us. How you got um, in, what you thought when you got in, because I know it was a different style of music than you were used to. The whole journey. Think, the I, okay, here let me. I, I was at a comic shop because I'm, I'm kind of a comic geek. I think uh, I think most people know that. And I saw you guys playing, and it was an old friend of mine that was playing guitar for you. And that I think it was that night that was the original drummer's last show. And um, you guys asked me if I wanted to audition. I went up and auditioned at the barn that we used to practice in. And as I got the the gig. The emergency brake on my car went out, and my car rolled backwards about 150 feet down a hill into the woods and hit a tree. So that was my uh, that was my experience getting into the band. After that, it was all blur. Everything just became one moment. All right, Bobby, you want to chime in? Yeah, absolutely. Uh, I remember I was in uh, I was at college. Uh, no, what the hell was I? I was a uh, uh, college Maryland. College of Southern Maryland, and uh, I ran into Paco, I, and uh, I had only met him a couple times before, and he's he knew I I played in a band called Unky's Munkle. I had never I had never sung for a band ever in my life, and uh, he's excited as he was, he he's, he's out. Man, I got this punk band. We're looking for a singer, and I was like, all right, I'm I'm I was I think I was going to enroll for uh, psychology, and I ended up singing for you guys. I think it was like the next night I went and auditioned and uh, I ended up singing for you guys and dropping the psychology class. I was like, well, I'm singing for a band now. I'm not I'm not going to college. Have you ever needed a psychology course It was after you joined the band? <laughs> Absolutely. <laughs> so that was a good time, man. Um, after that, I, I remember I brought my friend Adam, who I, I think he was on drugs when we showed up, but <laughs> that's a completely different story. Um, and I, I think you had you had a, a a stack of lyrics for me to, you know, to audition with to read or to sing to. But uh, I'd never sung old school, old school punk in my life. I mean, I was used to singing. Uh, I mean, at the time, uh, stuff like Radiohead, you know. Uh, again, I'd never sung in public, but uh, that definitely set me up for you know what I'm doing today. Uh, I'm, I play for, you know, I play in a band now. I'm a lead singer in a band. And, yeah, that was definitely something that set me up for what I'm doing, man. Um, it was a good time. I remember the shows. I remember, you know, being in D.C., playing at, uh, what was the name of that place? Uh, Metro uh, or Food Thought? Coffee House. Was it Coffee House? And uh, what was that place P.O.D. played, like, the night before we played? Um, 
Metro Metro Cafe. Yeah. 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 That was a cool place to play, man. Awesome stage. Always always a good time. Um. Yeah, man. It was. Fun. I ran into Paco. What was it? Like a year and a half, two years ago, at Target. Yeah, it was a, yeah, it was a little while ago. Dude, he's still wired, just like he used to be. He, he's hot. He saw me, and he's walking next to some dude, I guess is one of his employees, and he's oh, man, this, this dude used to, be, used to be in my old school punk band. He, man, he was my lead singer. And I was like, hey, Paco, it's good to see you. <laughs> I don't, I, I don't run around in a house for like an like a old uh, football player that's trying to uh, hold on to the past. Though, just Al Bundy, three t- um, touchdowns in one season. I don't have the Al Bundy <laughs> he was he was pretty excited, man. He always had that energy, you know, the Paco energy. <laughs> so we've got yeah. a guitarist whose major band is Metallica. We got Bobby, who, like he said, he's in the Radiohead. Paco's into what? No doubt. None of you guys had ever played punk before, ever really listened to punk before, and somehow no. we pulled it off. No, we did. It's <laughs> I, I mean, I, every I now think, and then, I mean, I'll pop in, I'll pop in the album. And play it for somebody, you know. And uh, I mean, it's been a while since I've done that, but it, 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 I, I, I'm proud of it. Obviously, nobody's ever heard my voice like that, you know. It was it was a good time, man. It was a lot good. of talent I think, in that you band. Know, I, I got to say, um, probably because the three of us had never been in a punk band before, I think that's what gave it to Sanchez. We bought we brought in different influences and just kind of jumbled it into a bowl and mixed it together, and that's where we got that sound. Which, in my opinion, is unlike any other punk band out there, which is why you came up with the saucy punk sound. Yeah. I think yeah, a lot I, that helped, especially with Brad, is the fucking zero ego. I mean, Brad would pop out a song and be like, dude, listen to this punk song. And it would sound like some Slayer, and I'd be like, oh, no, we can't do that, dude. And I'd be like, here we go, here's a punk song. And he'd be like, okay. And I think it's working <laughs> with people who have fucking zero ego. And just wanted to play shows is what made it. I mean, because people could have gone head to head and been like, "Dude, even though this sounds like a fucking Pantera song, I want to play it." But there was never right. none of that in there. You know, there was just like, "Let's get out here and play our shows." So yeah, I think that's a lot what made it work. And Brad, Brad, I remember Brad and Paco used to break out the old Metallica song. I was never into Metallica until I played in that band. You know. <laughs> I, I I didn't know. I mean, I knew who Metallica was, but I, I didn't buy the you know the the old school Metallica albums until until I played in that band. I mean, there was a lot. I remember going to the TSOL show with you in uh, in DC, man. I was into that. That was that was cool. Oh, the one you know? where Pickle and Pat accosted Jack Grisham, the lead singer. Yeah, dude, we were we went we were in like a, a place next door and getting a couple beers or something, and he was there. You remember? <laughs> yeah, I remember. I remember Pat and Pickle wouldn't leave them alone, and they were like, "You're at suburbia. We love you, dude. Come on, you're so cool. Sign our breath. We love you." <laughs> and Jack Grisham just like, "Dude, I've done some fucked up shit in my life, but get the fuck away from me." He's like, "Come on, man, drink some Crown Royal. Yeah, I'm Pickle. I love you. I want to lick your ass." And I mean, dude, they scared the fuck out of it. And if you know anything about Jack Grisham or TSOL. I mean, it's hard to scare him, dude. And Pickle and Pat had that guy practically running out of the fucking liquor store. And then that Chinese guy, like, pulled the blinds and just let us sit there and slam liquor all before the show. Let me pull the blinds. You guys can sit here and drink. (laughs) You had some friends. You had some friends that were characters, man. You had some friends that were characters. Pickle. Pickle and Pat. (laughs) You put Pickle and Pat together and there's... uh... That's that's the apocalypse right there. That's well, the speaking of pickle, apocalypse. let me go ahead and play the pickle song and a little um, bit leading up to it. Who wants to introduce what's going on in this pickle song here? Uh, well, it starts <laughs> off with a it starts off with a phone call, a drunk phone call from Ralph, um, that which is me, the part played by me, a gay guy, of course, and uh. I think I call him Ralph, actually, in the phone call, because I was pretty hammered at the time. So, But he never catches on. I, I believe he was probably hammered on the other end. <laughs> but That's probably a safe bet. Yeah, he was completely confused as to what was going on. I think uh, I accused him of picking me up in a bar. 
So, All right, well, we're going to play I some pickle in about the last 30 uh, 18 seconds and going, hey, we've got an 18-second song. We can't just do that. We've got to put something in front of it. And then uh, Bobby put on his best gay voice, and this is what we got. <laughs> So we we all love Pickle. This is an homage to Pickle, and here we go. We're going to play some Pickle. You guys hang tight. Hello? Yes, I speak to Pickle. This is him. Pickle, it's Ralph. Sorry, I, I, I was busy. Um, I'm from the gold mine. Do you remember me? No. The other night? With your, uh, I remember your long hair, okay, and you were like, you were kind of stroking my back. Do you remember? No. No, buddy. You know. No. You, I mean, you were kind of drunk, but... You gave me your number, and he said to call you. Who are you? It's Ralph from the gold mine. Don't know you. You don't know me. No. Ralph, I'm kind of upset about that. You don't... <laughs> this you, is a joke, right? Ralph, no, it's not a joke. This is a joke. Who the hell is this? It's Ralph. I don't know you, Ralph. Pickle, I can't believe this. We, you told me all... <laughs> Pickle. Who the fuck is this? Why? Why are you doing this? Why are you doing this, Pickle? <laughs> this is a fucking joke, dude. Pickle, don't, don't fuck with me, okay? Don't, don't fuck, fuck with me. No, fuck with you. Who are you? Pickle! Who the fuck is this? Pickle! <laughs> don't do this, Pickle. I don't even know who the hell you are. Don't do this. My mother is here. Who is your mother? Don't do this. I told her all about you. Who? Pickle. Oh, I told her all about you. I can't believe you're doing this. <laughs> Do you know who the hell this guy is? No, mother. No. Pickle. What night? You t- what? Last time I was in the gold mine. What? The last time I was in the gold mine. What yes. night was this? Uh, I don't remember. It was so long ago. But you gave me your number, and I've been talking about you to my mother so long. I gotta go. You really pissed me off. Bye. All right, that was Pickle. Good stuff. You guys still with me? Yeah. yeah <laughs> so, um, you know, this goes on. I don't say anything to Pickle for like two weeks. We get the mixed tracks of everything. I play it for Pickle. He about loses his mind. I think I give him a copy of it, and I get a call from him like a week later, and he's like, dude, I play Pickle for my dad, and he wants to sue you. <laughs> I love it. That's hilarious. I've never heard that story. I probably have. Yeah, which isn't the first time. One time um, we were inventing Saucy Acres Fire Department at my house. My old landlord used to collect fire trucks, not like fucking models, but fire trucks. He was this old crazy eccentric, and he asked if he could park one at my house, which was the house I was running from him. He's like, the city, you know, this government oppression, they'll only let me keep five fire trucks in my yard. Can I keep a fire truck at your place? And I was like, well, yeah, collect, sure. We would do. He collected real fire trucks. He collected real fire. You never saw the fire truck at my place in Virginia Beach. Never, <laughs> never. Well, anyway, we would do I, like I, I twenty. I've been to Virginia Beach like twice. Wow. Well, we would do like twenty foot fucking beer bongs off the top of this fire truck, pull the ladder up, and do these insane like hook five beer bongs together and do these beer bongs off the fire truck. And one night we all got wasted. And Pat got completely butt-ass naked, gone in the back of the fire truck, and just covered his junk with, a, like, a fucking construction hat. And was, like, looking in the space on the back of his truck. So I made this MySpace page called Saucy Acre Fire Department, and I named him, like, Patio Drunkie, and we had, like, Sweet Cakes McButtons, and everybody had, like, these fucked-up Irish fireman names. And um, I put it up, and people were, like, laughing their asses off, making all these stupid comments. And then eventually Pat's um, dad was like, you need to sue him. This is a disgrace. <laughs> so, yeah, everybody's always wanting to fucking sue me. Well, so it hasn't I, happened. It hasn't happened, but I've, I've, I would have to say I've pissed a lot of people off in my life. <laughs> yeah, 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 I'll take that. So what are you going to do, dude, to tell him wired? Anyways, question to pose to you all. Favorite even Steven song to play live? Favorite even Steven song to listen to? 
Go. Uh, go ahead, Paco. Um, I think my favorite Even Stevens song to listen to would probably be FBI Guy. Um, I had a lot of fun playing that one. Playing live, though, I, I'd have to say Pickle is probably one of the best to play live in 18 Seconds of Madness. And I think when we played it live, we actually got it done in less than 18 seconds, but it was just complete madness every time we played it live. Yeah. Uh, hey, Bobby. My favorite song to listen to is definitely Pickle. I, 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 it's the best uh, 18 seconds I've ever recorded, I oh, think. Oh, punk rock. I think it's the best it 18 is. seconds of punk rock that ever exists. It is. And uh, my favorite song to play live was one we didn't record on that album. Um, we recorded in a studio in Virginia Beach, but it turned out really crappy. Yeah, uh, yeah that's why I don't say. have it on here. You're right. This is my favorite one to play live, too. Go ahead. Yeah, that, uh, what is the name of that song? Oh, my. Rebound, uh, rebound Girls? Ex-girlfriend. Rebound, rebound Girls. girls. Rebound Girls. Man, that, that was a fun song. That's one you could jump up and down to, man. That was a fun song to play live. Yeah, that was definitely like our song with the hook, radio song. Everybody could get yeah. into. Yeah. All right, yeah. let's move to the next question. Horrible. Favorite yeah, the recording. Show. Yes, that guy was a prick. There's no doubt about it. The guy that ran favorite the studio was a show. prick. Favorite I think, one of, the, I think uh, my favorite show um, – at least one of my favorite shows. I have to Let think. me chime in real quick on the studio thing. I think what's in, what's incredible, mind blowing, is not that we recorded that little compilation there, that but the drummer from Matchbox Twenty was in there recording at the same time. No, no, no. Like why? No, it was the guitar no, player the from, from Matchbox. It was the drummer from Primus that was there, and yeah. we also met Kyle from Matchbox Twenty there at the Matchbox, time. Matchbox, yeah. Yeah. Why were people going to that crap ass studio? I don't know, man. It, well, it, they, apparently, they didn't have the same guy we had recording it, the same you know uh, producer, what mechanic, I whatever think the they call. I the guy that recorded us was actually the janitor of the studio. I don't think he actually was a producer <laughs> of any kind. He was really bad. I have a theory I mean, I remember... all those big bands recorded there because other crap did. And I think yeah. they just wanted to record at the house that like Pickle and Pat recorded at. <laughs> yeah. yeah, it had to be it. But anyway, favorite show. Um, I I think mine is um mine split. I for me my favorite show is probably the Elbow Room. I think it was the second time we played there. Um, I did a, oh, I did a strip you, where you rip your pants off. Yeah, yeah, yeah. That's the one. Yeah. Yeah, I ripped my pants off. Uh, Nick with my birthday with the audience and and had a, the bright idea of hey we're gonna down and figure out every song with you guys and I think we're the only ones that down to beers every thirty seconds. I was pretty I was pretty wasted after about the fourth song. <laughs> yeah, we were like fucking Metallica, and our songs were eight, nine minutes long. It wouldn't be a problem. But you right, shouldn't ever make a wager like that. A minute long. So I'm down. It, it, it got to the point, dude, where I was just pouring beer on my face, making it look like I was okay. drinking. I just couldn't take any more. And, and, and of course, I ended up naked with a women's song on. I think. Yeah, you had a. You, uh, I think it was Ellie's song, wasn't it? No, no, I, it was. Uh, it wasn't Ellie. I think this was pre-Ellie. It was. Uh, I can't remember who's. I just know I went to the bathroom with some chick and she gave me her her song and well, I stripped. Well, Brad, Brad's not on the air, so it was Brad's song. That's <laughs> yeah. That's what I'm going with. Yeah. <laughs> and then I remember Brad getting his Prince Albert running into the room later on. Hey guys, look what I got! Dropping trow. This big bar coming out of his dick. It was funny. Do <laughs> 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 you piss in two directions? Brad is a trip, man. I miss that guy. He is a trip, dude. <laughs> yeah, we we had a lot of fun, man. Okay, and your favorite show, Bobby? Uh, probably. Uh, I remember the weekend Sand Jam was a lot of fun. I mean, that whole that whole weekend was a blast. Um, yeah, it was stressful for me because I was thrown. Met my future wife. I didn't, I didn't have the fun I should have had. That's right. Your future, your wife was with there with uh. With um, Karen, Karen Tyler. Yeah, yeah, we were trying, we were trying to hook up with Brad, remember? And my girlfriend at the time, Ellie, was in the wet T-shirt contest. And then yeah. <laughs> later on, I ended up hooking up with my wife. And it's been 13 years we've been married now. <laughs> hey, congratulations, man! That was the show we met at with Sam Jim. That's all. Wow, a lot of love connections oh. there. 
and a lot of ripped off ears, busted eye sockets, violated underage girls, and all kinds of other stupid, crazy shit. There was a lot. There's a lot. The, the guy that I play in a band with now, I don't know if you know him, Teddy Custer. Yeah, I know Teddy. Teddy. Yeah, Teddy's my drummer, and uh, he was actually a DJ at that show. Yeah, I remember so, that. Yeah. I remember that. I was in the little house when he was singing. Yeah. Yeah, that was well, a lot Well, fun, you guys man. hang tight. Is there anything you guys want to hear in particular before I hit the play button? Girls Love Shoes. That sounds like a good one. This one goes out to all the sexy ladies out there. This is Girls Love Shoes by Even Steven. So I want to take a vote here. Who's for remixing that song and getting Ellie and Mindy's dumbass to fuck off there and put it in Jen and Danielle? Oh, absolutely. <laughs> that would be amazing. It'd be like uh, taking out the old Anakin Skywalker of Star Wars and putting in the new Anakin. <laughs> yes, we have to like um, artificially, like digitally enhance, stick them in the song. It would be hard. You know what? I actually have to. I have the original reel to reel from the studio right upstairs in my room. So if we can find somebody that still has an analog recorder, we can remix the whole thing, make it digital, and do anything we want to it. Oh, wow. Nice. There you go. Tagged out. I still All got right. it. So let's talk about some of the best shows. Uh, Metro, Easter Sunday. Sold the place oh, wow. out. First time playing Metro. Mm-hmm. I, man, I, I I don't remember. We played on an Easter Sunday. Yeah, the first Metro show we wow. ever did was Easter Sunday. That's the only wow. reason we got the gig because nobody wanted to fucking play on Easter Sunday, and Undermine was supposed to play with us because I had an in with the owner through Bill Jarbo. So they were like, "All right, well, if Undermine will play with you guys Easter Sunday, we'll set it up." And they backed out last minute, and it was like us Eastern Front, and I think that's the end. Lesbian boy. No, that was a horrible show. That was the last, the very last time we played Metro. Oh, I don't know. It's all one big show to me now. Ah, do you guys have no memory of all this stuff? Yeah, no, my memory, memory of those it. years is completely. <laughs> yeah. We were doing a lot of stuff back in those days. There was a what lot about our little mini tour? Oh, that was fun. Toots Town, with... Pennsylvania. Down yeah, to Virginia with, Beach, uh, back up to Maryland. That was my, my friend Adam, who was, uh, what was his, Cape Horn Love. Do you remember that? Oh, I can't forget oh, Adam, man. He was incredible. What about Percival? Percival was awesome. That was another show where Pico Ohio. I wasn't, was I wasn't the singer then. Yeah, I wasn't the yeah, singer then. Yeah, we were then. talking about Percival on the Dionic show, because Dionic played it, and how that guy fucked us and said they, they were going to have this giant turnout for us. 
And you remember that moron, J.A., Chris Burson's friend? And he was always, (laughs) like, hyped up. Yeah, the guy was always, like, this, like, moronic, drunk, fat, like, slob. Oh, God, fuck some shit up, Nick. Yeah, yeah, come on. He reminded me like that dog on the cartoon. It's like, come on, George. Come on, George. Can we go do this, George? And every time we'd have a show, the guy shit up, Nick. Yeah, and then when the, um, the dude screwed us, I went up to J.A. I said, dude. Let it rip. Do whatever you got to do. And there was all these like ten year olds because it was um, it was a World Series of Junior Little League Baseball, Little oh, League wow. Baseball. So there was all these like fucking ten year olds there, like standing there. We're like we actually signed autographs afterwards. Like people actually thought we were somebody. Like we had everybody snowed. <laughs> like we were an actual band. And um, I told Jay, I was like, do whatever you got to do. And he's like clotheslining ten year olds and sl- like hairy. <laughs> Sweaty mess of a man. He knocked like, that kid across the room. He slid like 15 feet on the floor into the other room. Oh, <laughs> yeah. my God. And, and, and then Nick comes out like, after the show and says, man, I'm sorry. The guy screwed us and hands me $2.64. By the way, was enough to get a pack of cigarettes at that time. Wow. Yeah, so we got the autographs. We sold T-shirts, and it was actually cool. All right, so here's the hard question. What was the demise of even Steven? Why did we hit this level and never make it beyond it? I think uh, uh, well, I, I, I was gonna, kicked I, out of the band. It wasn't from a lack of talent. It wasn't from a lack of the music. The album's stellar. Uh, I'm gonna have to say, on my part, um, I probably have to take a big part of the blame for this. I mean, we were four strong until I uh, met somebody who I thought was the person I was gonna be with for the rest of my life. And girlfriends always get in the way, man. It's hard to find a girl that's not gonna get in the way and. For my part of it, I think I've always taken, I've always, I've always blamed myself for the demise of where we started going downhill. Because when I left the band the first time, it never really regained momentum. And then by the time you guys had allowed me to come back into the band, I think at that point Bobby was done, and he was like, you know what, I'm not dealing with this no more. So I think the demise actually had to be because of a girl. Isn't that always how it goes? I mean, yeah, not on my end. You don't know how many girls I'd like kick to the curb over even Steven. Right. Well, yeah, being anything... on stage for me was better than sex. Yeah, you know, like if I had to pick between <laughs> sex and being on stage, I'd pick being on stage hands down every time. Absolutely, I agree with you. Yeah. yeah. No doubt. I, yeah. I, I don't I don't disagree with that. I think it just became a point of um I think for for me it started becoming it started becoming a lot about the partying. You know what I mean? It's like okay, when's the show over so I can just get down to partying, and then that's what it turned into. So that's yeah, my bad. So 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 everybody listening out there, the fall and demise of Even Steven is the fault of the drummer. Send all your hate emails to Paco on all Facebook. Hate emails to Paco. All Everybody's ten, life has been decimated. Fans. <laughs> By the end of Who knows Steven, what we every... would be doing now if, if Paco just could control his drinking and his women. Maybe I need to get a lawsuit going. <laughs> now, I think Bobby, me, you see it the same way? Uh, no, I mean, I, I don't know. I think there was a little too much partying going on for me. I mean, I was I loved to party, but at that, I was only 19, and you guys exposed me to a lot, man. A lot. And uh, I had the time of my life, but I remember I remember going to record that song at Virginia Beach, and everybody was just completely jacked up. And I was like, well, I'm glad. I mean, I, that was only like a special appearance for me, and I was like, well, I, I guess I'm glad I'm done with this. I, it wasn't really my thing, you know. But uh, I, I definitely don't regret it. I had a, I had a lot of fun, man. I had a ton of fun. I still reflect you on know- those days. It's weird. You guys see it that way, and I see it like you guys are like describing it like we were like this out of control typical punk band you would see like on some <laughs> decline of Western civilization, like sitting bitches, like needle in your vein. I mean, I don't really think we were that out of control. I mean, I know I never was, dude. You know, I did what I did. I had my fun. I partied. But I mean, I went to work the next day. I didn't like burn my apartment down or get arrested. I mean, we were just all having fun. We were kids. Huh? Yeah. Well, you well, I was. I was a kid. I think you were. I was nineteen. You were what? Thirty. <laughs> Twenty-seven. I 20, yeah, I was 27, 27, so. twenty-seven. Twenty-eight. 
I was yeah. You know, and I think the most fucked up I ever got, I know Paco can remember this, Bobby was gone at this point, but and I don't understand what happened, dude. I drank two fists over the course of maybe two hours of Mad Dog, oh, Lord. and I was in the street stopping traffic, like screaming <laughs> at people, and, some, and at this time I had to sing. We got a bass player, and I was singing, and I mean, usually I was pretty professional on stage. Even if I was drinking, I'm a guy who can usually drink and people can't even tell I'm drunk. I just get more talkative. But I was so fucking an- annihilated, I was actually like a little embarrassed the next day. Like, oh, my God, what the f- hell was wrong with me? <laughs> but, yeah, I mean, you you know what show I'm talking about, the Kogans? Kogans, yeah, I remember. <laughs> like I was downing a fifth of Mad Dog walking through CVS, like screaming at people. Like I was like a belligerent asshole. And I don't even know how it happened. And I don't even remember that show. I don't even know if I actually sang lyrics or if I just, like, you mumbled. You did, you did. You sang lyrics from the floor. You actually sat on the drum set and then jumped on the floor and sang lyrics on your back. I yeah, remember. I don't remember. Hey guys, let me, let me, uh, hey, guys, let me break off here real quick. I'll call you right back in two seconds. All right. All righty. That sounds like a good time to play a song. Paco, do you have a preference? Um, I want to save the, uh, the 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 big song we always played live last. So how about I? I we haven't heard FBI guy yet. Alrighty, let's hear some FBI hey, guy. We... This is FBI guy by Even Steven. Um, funny side note: this song actually started out with my old band Government Cheese as a song called Trainwreck, the original riff. But it sounded like such a funky type spy song. I rewrote the lyrics, recycled it. And through to even Steven. Yes, I will recycle shit if I have to. All right, here goes some FBI guy coming at you live. Guy by Even Steven. Um, just to let everybody know, Even Steven is re released and on Amazon. If anybody would like to buy the album, just go on Amazon, type in Early Morning Punk Songs, and there you go. Paco, are you with right. me? And I think, let me try to cue Bobby back in. He was having phone issues. All right, you guys, yeah, are with me? All right, yeah. so we got 20 minutes left. Why don't you guys tell me what you're doing now? Tell the audience what you're doing now. If there is an audience. Uh, Bobby's got a more exciting story because he's still playing music. So let me go through mine real quick of what I guess what's they want. Married life, 13 years, couple kids. Um, my wife and I actually started a band together uh, called Upper Deck. And lo and behold, believe it or not, we ended up getting signed to a record label and touring for a while. We toured for about a year and a half. Um, got our album up on MTV.com and Billboard.com and um, album sales around the world, stuff like that. And then, of course, touring, it, I don't know if people know it or not, but touring actually takes a lot out of you. Um, playing different cities every night for a year and a half is 
it, it takes a toll. So that band ended up fizzling away. Band members went to other bands and this and that. So now um, I got fat and then decided I didn't want to be fat anymore, and now I am a fitness coach. And that's about nice. where my life is right now. Bobby, Paco, you're Paco, Paco's got an incredible story, too. I read it online about his uh, his whole journey to that. So if if anybody can check that, if anybody's listening, check that out. Um, uh, I think Paco should give some more information on that. It was pretty inspiring. So um, now right now I'm I'm married with two kids. Uh, I have a nice house. Um, I just got a new job working for Comcast. Uh, I worked for Verizon for about ten and a half years. Um, you know, it's ironic. I, got, I worked for Comcast for four years, and now I work for Verizon. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> There's, there's definitely some irony in that. You work for Verizon Wireless, or do you work for uh, the the uh, core company? Well, I work for a retailer, which is Cellular Sales, but they're uh, oh, okay. retailer of Verizon. There you go. Yeah, man, that's pretty funny. Um, yeah, I lost my job because uh, well, I got sick. I have a I have Crohn's disease, and uh, I've had about four surgeries. Lost about sixty percent of my colon. And uh, I just had a surgery about two months ago. Finally recovered from that, and uh, I got a new job, man. I'm doing good. Um, playing in this band called Adelina. It's uh, it's Facebook.com/slash Adelina Indie Rock. If you guys want to check that out, uh, you can download the songs for free. Yeah, it's it's uh, it's it's, it's I'm, I'm proud of it, man. It's it's all songs that you know I've written. Um, we've got a lot of, of new stuff too that's that's not recorded yet, but uh, we we were on hiatus because of my surgery. But uh, it's a, it's it's a good time. It's not you know no expectations. We're just doing it really for to play music. So um, yeah, I got two beautiful kids, man. I got I got my son who's uh is Michael who's he's uh three years old. He's going on four this month, and uh, my daughter Madison who's just turned six last month. So. Uh, I'm pretty happy, man. I'm with this. I'm with the same girl that you guys, Jennifer. She, I was with her back in '99 when we recorded yep. that. I remember yeah. that. Yeah. So here we are. We're 1998 to about 2002 when we finally really fizzled out for good. Night for me, 1997, because there was what like 27 members of Even Steven before you guys even fucking joined. I think we had yeah. more members than like Boston or Alabama. Yeah, Let's be honest, it didn't, awesome. it, it didn't get awesome until me, Brad, and Paco came into the band. You know, would you write I mean, music? that was the chemistry. That was even Steven. Nothing before yeah. or after was even Steven, of course. I mean, yeah. that was – I mean, I remember we used to get drunk, argue with each other, and in the middle of an argument, Paco would hit his drumsticks like – and like robots, we would start playing. Yeah. <laughs> like, we would just shut up and be like – Like, he could always shut us up just by like – Fucking counting in, we can be like right hey, punch each other in the face, and Paco would be like, chit, 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 and we'd be like, dude, 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 dude. <laughs> and if, if it wasn't if it wasn't for the disastrous dude, we wouldn't have a place to practice. You know, I mean that that was a great place to that that barn they let us practice in with all the hay surrounding it. You know, that was a yep. that was a fun place to hang out too. So the little guinea hens running around attacking your tires. Yeah, yeah, it was awesome. Yeah, I mean we definitely had a lot of help along the way. And it was yeah. definitely good times, man. And you look at it, you look at everybody involved in that scene, everybody like tightly knit to the Even Steven scene, the whole little entourage or whatever you want to call it. And you look at everybody now and everybody's actually doing well, successful. I mean, even Pickle owns a trailer and works, you know, at IHOP still after. <laughs> and, you know, the great thing about it. <laughs> now, and here's the thing, dude. This is the thing about Pickle. Pickle is so lovable, and I don't want to make a show about Pickle. Maybe one day I'll do a show about Pickle because he deserves a show. Pickle is so lovable that like, he's so hard to actually be mad at that after about his fifth or sixth time of getting fired from IHOP for not showing up and they rehired him back, he would actually just call in on crack. He'd be like, I'm too fucked up on crack, not coming in tonight. All right, Pickle, <laughs> see you Monday. Like it got to that point. Like, where they're like, dude, firing him doesn't even work because he comes up here with his puppy dog eyes and his charming little personality, and we have to rehire him. So, you know, if you're on crack, you they, they would even, doing now? Well, they would pay everybody on Friday except Pickle. They would pay him on Monday. 
Um, because they knew if they paid them on Friday, they wouldn't see them like that weekend. Yeah, and it's just like they would hop back and be like, yeah, I'm on crack. Fucked up. Can't come in. Okay, Pickle. We're going to start paying so you So I money. think that's kind of a testimony to the kind of guy Pickle is. He's in some ways my hero. Pickle is the only man I know who would sleep through an apartment fire. His apartment was actually on fire, and the firefighters had to wake him up. He <laughs> <laughs> broke in and knocked yeah. out the door and woke him up. Let me just endorse one more Pickle story here. Pickle was telling me this story, and you know Pickle's a mess. I mean, when you see him, his hair is greasy, his half his teeth are gone. You know, he's got terrible skin. And he's telling me this story about how he had to get a boil lanced off his ass. This big, like 50-cent piece-sized boil lanced off his ass. So he's like, go in. And these guys, like, they put me on my stomach, and they come in with rain slickers. And they come in here, and they start lancing this boil, and they have, like, goggles and rain slickers on, and it explodes. A boil, like, pops, and pus splatters all over them. And I look back, and I say, take that, motherfuckers. <laughs> and that was Pickle Dude in a nutshell. That's him. You know, yeah. one time, one more great Pickle story. One time, we're in his basement. Tripping as we used to do every other night back in the early 90s. And Pickle starts telling me how he used to be a Boy Scout. He's like, Yeah, I was an Eagle Scout. I'm like, Bullshit, Pickle. You weren't no fucking Eagle Scout. He said, Bullshit, watch this. And we're done. We're toast. He goes into his closet. He pulls out his Boy Scout uniform from when he was like 13 years old. Puts on his Boy Scout uniform. Can button one button, like the button's fucking holding on for dear life. One button can, like, button on this thing, and it's just, like, fat hanging out. He gets an Iron Maiden banner off his wall, and he's like, let's go to Quickie Mart. We walk out of his house at Pinefield. We walk up to – actually, then it was called Dash Inn. We go into Dash Inn, 3 in the morning, tripping, pickle in his Boy Scout uniform. Like, the pants that are supposed to, like, hang down to your knees are, like, up to his nutsack. (laughs) <laughs> because he's just so big now. He's got one button, and the rest is just like hair and chest popping out. And he goes up to the lady. We get some Nestle Quick. Goes up to the counter, and he's like, at 3 in the morning, poor little Asian lady. Can I get a Boy Scout discount? And that was Pickle. <laughs> <laughs> I love it. Was he, wait, wait, wait. Was he, was he really an Eagle Scout? Yeah. He was off wow. the math of chess team. So, wow. so kids, remember this. Crack kills. Crack kills, yeah. <laughs> We're not talking about yeah. butt crack. <laughs> Talk about a billboard. It was crazy, dude. We just need to bring his stories into the schools and no kids will get on crack. <laughs> good stuff, man. Good stuff. Yeah, okay, so any good um, even Steven stories you guys want to relive? It sounds like you guys don't remember many of them. I remember them all. They're all documented. I, I remember. I remember sending in. I remember recording. Um, uh, we were recording a demo because we needed to send a demo contest up to HF Festival because we were going to try to play HFS one. Of, no, I'm sorry, it's Warp Tour. We we're going to play Warp Tour, and uh, we CJ was our guitar player at the time, and he 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 knew a guy, one of the judges on the panel for for um, for Warp Tour, but he had to drive all the way. And let me just interject here, DJ CJ sucked. Like, we had a song set up these days, and everybody had a breakdown. Like, there was a little drum breakdown, and there was a little um, bass breakdown, a little guitar breakdown, and CJ just had to, like, do a slide. Like, he couldn't even do, like, a little lick right there, you know? And this kid came into the band. He was in college, pre-law, had a good job, you know, a good job for college, waiter at Red Lobster, respectable job, nice car, lived at home. Six months later, dropped out of school. Unemployed, car wrecked, like trying to like snort coke off dirty couch cushions, drinking beer for the cigarette saying, butt. Uh, I think your guitar player's on my couch. <laughs> we don't even know who the girl was. She just called. Yeah, he was trying to snort coke off my couch, and that's where he passed out. Can you guys come get him? Yeah, like, like, he, like he got decimated by our lifestyle. Yeah. He got flattened. Did you, anyway, did you so we were recording this tape because CJ knew a guy um, from Warp Tour, and uh, so we got done. We recorded, I think it was three songs. We ended up recording on a little four track, just something, just a quick demo that we can send up to him. And 
he goes up the road, and we're all chilling at the Burgundy, at Burgundy's house, and he goes up the road. We get this phone call like a half hour later. and says, hey, man, I forgot my beer. Can you guys save me my beer? Don't drink my beer. And then we realized at that point that uh, the recording was empty, so he was heading up there with an empty recording anyway. <laughs> oh, my Lord. That's pretty ironic there, I guess. I guess it's not yeah. ironic there. And I remember the last show we did with Jason Budd as a singer, which Jason was a fucking great front man all the way around, and he was going off to college. So we did this show in our backyard. This was pre-Bobby, and uh, Paco was in the band, and CJ, like, flipped out, smashed his guitar to pieces, like, got wasted, and was crying, like, sitting up in the apartment. Do you remember that, Paco? Yeah, that night we, we introduced Brad into the band. Was that the night we introduced? I thought we were going to call it quits after that, and that's what made him slip out. He flipped oh, out and quit. Right, and that's the night when you said, talk to Brad, because he was flipping out. Brad was there. Brad was at that show. He didn't play. He was at that show. Show, party. Yeah, that was a crazy time back in that apartment behind that church. And that was like when Good Charlie to... used to come down there, and they would like bitch me out for partying behind a church. I remember we were behind they the were track. All we were doing a show, and they'll play the police show up. And the, <laughs> Okay, so you got like 100, 150 drunk punk kids, and they'll play the police show up, and they're like, we're in a cop, and they're cussing them. And the guy gets on the microphone, and they're, the, the cop brings out his extended baton and extends it, and all of a sudden you hear all these bottles breaking. Come on, we'll take you on. And then the Charles County police showed up like 10 minutes later and said, they got on the microphone and said, anybody who's not out of here in the next five minutes, we are going to arrest. And the whole place split up. And then your brother got pulled over that night for drunk driving, got a ticket for being underage and drunk, and then ended up going to court and beating in court because the cop told him to get in the car and drive away or he was going to get arrested. Yeah. My brother's a cat source, dude. He can freaking debate. Dude, your, brother, your brother's got good, he's got a good head on his shoulders, man. I, I was actually working with him this time last year. Phil? Really? Yeah. Yeah, I was, yeah. Well, I was working the same company he was last, this time last year. He was, my, he was my boss, actually. Yeah, Phil's a good right guy. On. I talked to him a few times. Yeah. All right, well, I'm going to play some Get Rich Quick Scheme. We've got a few minutes left. You guys want to hear some Get Rich Quick Scheme? Absolutely. Yeah, this is a song that I did a strip tease to at the Elbow Room, wearing women's Indeed. Songs. You know, I'm disappointed. It's not like a bunch of people have
All right, that was Get Rich Quick Seam. Um, back to my question earlier, I never would really get an answer on. Are you guys surprised that our whole scene back then, all these guys are alive and doing well, and nobody's really, like, dead in jail for life? Oh, uh, actually, no, it's, it's not very surprising. I mean, we did have a lot of fun, and we partied a lot, but for the most part, we weren't hoodlums, and we weren't troublemakers. We were just, uh, we were young kids that were, were, were partying. That's all there was to it. So I'm, I'm not, yeah. I'm not real surprised with that. No, not at all. I mean, I've learned uh, there's there's so much I've learned from playing in that band. The friends I made, the 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 effed up parties. You know, I mean, I remember uh, I rem- the, the the house. You remember where you used to live in in Virginia Beach? Who used to live there? It was uh, who had that apartment before you did? Ben and Troy. Yeah, Ben's story. Yeah, I remember going there and partying, and, and there'd be 20 people sleeping in one room, you know. I mean, it was a uh, – I've never, I've never had an experience like that again, you know, never. And I believe I, – I think I think I was there when Ben met his wife that weekend. I remember – I think I was there that weekend. I think he's, he's still married, right? Yeah. Yeah, yeah. you know, yeah. and here's the crazy thing. Everybody from that scene – has been married 10 years or more, except me. I've gone through two wives. I've had a fucking six-day marriage. Why have you been married twice? I got married to a girl I met online. Okay, this is a crazy story. So I meet this chick online on a dating site, and she's in a band. You know, she's hot. She, like, like, the first date we went on, she takes me to this art studio where artists, like, drew her painting. Like, she was their muse. And... After that first date, we're like, fuck it, let's get married. Like, I didn't even know her 24 hours when I married her. And my line of thinking was, I knew Renee for 20 years. I waited till I was 35. I lived with her for four years. She got pregnant. Like, I played everything by the numbers. So I was like, okay, I'm going to do a George Costanza. Since everything I've ever done in romance was wrong, I'm going to do the fucking exact opposite and marry somebody I just met yesterday. And it's going to be awesome and work out. And it was like this hippie chick, and um, we were together six days, and she left me to go live on an Indian reservation in New Mexico. I got like a Dear John email. And she was split. Here's what, what happened, happened to Renee. Well, listen, here's what happened to Becca, my second wife. I was taking Vivian to ice skating, which is about an hour from here, and it's, where, it's in the neighborhood, the area Becca used to live in. So I'm pulling off the exit. And I see this attractive woman standing on the exit with a sign that says, traveling, need money, dreadlocks, has a dog, all punked out, hippie looking. And I was like, well, she's attractive. You know, I, I might stop by and give her a dollar. And I couldn't pull over because there was a car in front of me and a car behind me. And I'm going through the light, and it's my fucking ex-wife. And I haven't seen her in four years. And, the, and I, you know, I don't see her for four years, and I see her on the highway begging for money. <laughs> And that was my six-day marriage. Story story. <laughs> wow. It was absolutely crazy. No, Renee is still well, she, you're even to your Steven and your uh, your white to your rice that is your producer is an awesome chick. I've, I've met her in high Yeah, we've been together right four now. years, and I've yeah. never had a better relationship. Um, you guys hang on the line. We can go a little bit over into the archive, but the live version is about to kick off. I do want to let everybody know that next Wednesday – one of my all-time favorite bands, Narcoleptic Youth, is going to be on the show. I am super excited. These are guys that I've been into for like 10 years, and it's going to be really cool. Um, everybody, I hope, will turn, um, tune in, ask the guys some questions. I'm going to play a few Narcoleptic Youth songs, and I want to thank everybody for tuning in to The Ignorance Equation, um, Wednesday Night Musical Osmosis Live. Bobby, Paco, stay on the line, and we can talk a few more minutes. You guys cool? Yeah. Yeah. Thanks, man. So I'm going to play an Even Steven song to head everybody out. We've got like 30 seconds. You guys stay on the line. I and think song. I'm going to play. Jock Asshole. Um, I don't have Jock Asshole. It wasn't on the album. Backseat Driver. Oh. Here we go. Can't find it. You want me to pull the gas station to ask the fucking for the rest? Go to the bar, in the picture. 
there we go uh, for all you uh, archive crazy. listeners. Um, Backseat driver. I want to let you guys know we have anywhere between five and seven hundred listeners on the archive. So some people hopefully will hear this. <laughs> well, you're getting some listeners. I hear that you're starting to um, get some traction. So that's yeah. that's fantastic. Have you guys anyway, I just want to say, hey, Bobby, man, it's good, it's good here. It's good. Uh, it's good to hear your voice, Bobby and Nick. Um, it's always amazing to talk to you. Uh, I can't listen to your uh, to your political show because we're just so different in that in that realm that it just. Uh, yeah, I, I I can listen to about five or ten minutes of it before I go. Man, I can't listen to this anymore because we're so on opposite sides. But um, I love you, man. So you're saying you yeah. love Ted Nugent? <laughs> I do. <laughs> <laughs> Wow. There are two types of people in this world: those who love Ted Nugent and those who don't. <laughs> Obviously. So, all right. Well, so, um, you guys want to say anything in closing to the whatever audience we may have out there? Oh, uh, well, yeah. Go get the album. It's it's an amazing album. It's vintage. It's old school, and uh, you're gonna love it. So go Amazon.com, put in early morning pump songs, and uh, get your copy. All right. Well, you listen, I'm gonna let you listen to that album, and it's it's incredible. I mean, the the producer literally it was done in like 12 hours. It's a uh, for the for the time we did it in. It's it's a quality album. Done. It would be a quality analog. album for five days with tape. Yeah, with tape and we all played analog. in the same room. Like we refused to go into little cubby holes and play and auto tune and all that crap. It was an actual right. garage album where we all played in the same fucking room. It was like, dude, we're going to play this like we play a show together. And Absolutely. It was, pretty, it was live. That's how we recorded it. So. Yeah. Yeah. so what you heard is you know, what you got with even Steven. Um, I'm disappointed Brad didn't call in, and I'm disappointed Sally Smutcher didn't man. call in. Sally she was a big Smutcher. part of the show. I haven't seen that you woman know? in years. Actually, um, she passed away about four years ago. They found her just laid in a crack hotel That's in Milwaukee. But, you know, people come and go. Yeah. All right, I want to thank you guys for calling in. I'm going to end the show with some Nobody's Bothers Me. And um, hopefully you guys will come on the show again. We'll try to do some Even Steven maybe a couple months from now and get Brad on. Absolutely. Hey, Bobby, it was nice hearing your voice, man. You too, man. Good to hear from you. All right. You too, Nick. All right, guys. Later. All right. Peace. Nobody Bothers Me, um, kind of a parody song of an old commercial from the DC Karate Studio. I guess we are running over. I am going to jump off here. I want to thank everybody, as always, for making the show a success. Um, we have really strong numbers for a new show on Internet Radio, so I do want to thank all our fans. Uh, I guess that's all I have to say. I will see you guys next Wednesday. I'll be off Sunday. We'll be on vacation, so no political show on Sunday. Next Wednesday narcoleptic youth i am super excited um when daniel asked me what band do you want to have on first on the show as far as bands i don't actually know narcoleptic youth was the first one that came to mind so anyways i want to thank everybody as always i am your humble servant of rock and roll nick the saucy one cat source thank you for tuning in and i will hear from you guys next wednesday goodbye